0: Good morning, Fox Valley Church. so good to be with you. My name is Adam Vietveier. For you that are just joining us, we're in week four of a four-part series called Made New. It's my first series ever, and I suppose it's a good thing when it's your final message that people showed up. (laughs) So thank you. I take that as a good sign. This has been such a gift to me. And I want to say thank you to all of you. You know, when I get the opportunity to preach to our students at Winter Retreat, I'm amazed at the way that my affections grow for them throughout the weekend. My love for them just grows as I'm with them and as I'm teaching them and seeing them. And that has only gone stronger here as the students have supported me and encouraged me. So thank you to you guys for being a part of this. And my love for you has only increased and grown in the midst of this. There's an intimacy to burning God's word. There's a closeness to it. And my love for you has grown so deep over these four weeks. So thank you, what a gift it has been, what a privilege it has been to be here and to bring God's word to you. He has things he wants to say this morning. And I hope you guys are experiencing some of what God's doing here. He is doing something through this series, through Made New, through Fox Valley On Mission. There are things happening, and the Spirit is moving, and it's no accident that you're here this morning, so thank you for being here. A little summary of what we're doing. You can see our four weeks and where we've been going, and this week we're going to talk about what does this all accomplish? What is God going to accomplish through us as new creations? But when I do our recap, I always like to bring up our theme verse. It's 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Remember, Paul's talking to believers here. New creations, people that have been made new. God chose you before the beginning of the world to be made new. And he chose you to bring glory to his name. That was the purpose. It's the purpose of all things, is to bring glory to God. That's why everything exists, right? So, he did that, By changing us, we were once old, separated from him. If you remember, part of the dominion of darkness, spiritually dead, under God's wrath, and he saved us from all of that and made us new. Now, that old self lingers, right? So we have to kill it. And we talked very bluntly in week two about killing our sin. God is honored in that. But he doesn't leave us alone, right? He removes that heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. So in week three, we talked about how the new in us is him. God lives within us, the mystery of all mysteries, the God of all things in you. And now we can renew our mind, reminding ourselves of who he is and what he has done and what we are now because of what he has done. So, what does all this accomplish? What does he do with all this? And that's where we're going to go this morning. Let's pray. God, thank you. And I just want to ask that you would meet us here this morning, God, that your spirit would be poured out. You have things you want to say here this morning, God. Speak to us clearly. Give us hearts to hear that your spirit would be in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So my wife, Stephanie, had a dream during this series, but her dream was that I actually would forego one of the messages and just play Back to the Future for you on the screen. (laughs) Now... I don't think my wife is a prophet, so that will not be happening this morning. So, (laughs) sorry to disappoint some of you. But don't worry. There is something much better this morning that we need to hear. Something much more important. Remember how I told you that there's so much theology in that one verse in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that I couldn't cover it exhaustively? There's just too much. There's too much richness in it. We could spend a year's worth of weekends together. One of the things I have glanced over a little bit is that, adoption is in this. When God makes you a new creation, he adopts you into the family. John 1, 12 and 13 says this, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. You're in the family. Galatians three twenty six says this, You are all sons of God, through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ and have been clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. How beautiful is that we're in the family. Some of you know Emmanuel. Emmanuel is a member at our church. He preached the message just before we started the Made News series. And he preached on Friday night at Before the Throne. Emmanuel is from Nabid Namib- I'm sorry, Namibia, Africa. I don't look anything like Emmanuel. Emmanuel's black, I'm white. Emmanuel has curly hair, I don't have hair, right? It doesn't take a genius to look at me and Emmanuel and say they are not biologically of the same blood. But if you see with spiritual eyes, we are brothers of the same blood, aren't we? And that blood binds Emmanuel and I deeper than any biological blood ever could. Because he is my brother forever. And look around. Look at each other. You're surrounded by brothers and sisters. Those have been made new. You're in the family. God has adopted you. Remember all those arguments you had as a kid? My dad's stronger than your dad. My dad's better than your dad. You win those all now. You win them. You have a father who is better than anything you could ever imagine. You are in the family. Now here comes the hard part. You're in the family, therefore you now represent the family. Do you understand that? You are a representative of the family now. There's a responsibility there. My daughters, whether they like it or not, are a reflection on me and my wife. They reflect the Vietmeyer name and represent it. Paul uses beautiful language in 2 Corinthians some of the most beautiful language in all the Bible to talk about how we represent God. Second Corinthians 3, three. You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of human hearts. Have you ever thought of yourself as a letter for Christ? A letter to the world, a representation of him? In 2 Corinthians five, Paul refers to himself as an ambassador for Christ. Ambassadors are chosen to represent. We are chosen to represent the God of all things. Do you realize how incredible that is? What does God accomplish with us as new creations? He accomplishes us representing him. This is a prayer from my journal. I said, Father, here I am, a new creation, asking the creator to help this new creation speak, teach, and encourage other new creations and potential new creations on what it means to be a new creation. (laughs) Do you realize that? Do you realize in one sense how ridiculous this is? I'm a 43-year-old man, a not particularly impressive 43-year-old man, and I am up here communicating to you about the God of all things. And yet, It's not ridiculous, is it? It's not absurd, because he has chosen for us to represent him. He has put his treasures in jars of clay, of which I am one. Therefore, when I speak to you, I speak with power, and I speak with authority, and I'm not ashamed of it. Why? Not because there's anything special in me, but because there's something very extra special about the one who lives within me, right? So when I speak his words, there is a weight to it. I speak his words with fervor and fearlessly as I should because he's put this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing greatness and power is not from men but from him. And you can speak the same because the same God lives within you if you've been made new. Now to our verse, 2 Corinthians 2 14 through 16. This is my favorite word picture that Paul gives for us to represent Christ. But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of Him. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one, we are the smell of death and to the other, the fragrance of life. What beautiful language. The fragrance of life the aroma of Christ. This past winter retreat, I had the opportunity to stay in the high school boy's cabin. I know something about smell. <laughs> right? Certain smells are sweet, and they draw you in. And certain smells are repelling, and they push you away. There's a verse that I can't pass up. It's in John 12. This is Jesus and Lazarus. Listen to this. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So so they came to see him and to see Lazarus, so the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. A brother pointed out that verse to me a few months back. The chief priests wanted to kill Lazarus as well. What did Lazarus do? Jesus just raised him from the dead. Why'd they want to kill Lazarus? Verse 11, for on account of him, on account of Lazarus, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and putting their faith in him. Do you see? It's because Lazarus smelled so much like Jesus. And no, I don't mean actual physical smell. I mean he exuded Jesus. People couldn't see Lazarus and not see Jesus. Do you understand that? What do you smell like? What do people see when they look at you? Because new creations smell like the family. New creations exude Jesus. He's the one who's in us. Second point, when God calls you to be an ambassador, a representative of him, he doesn't just call you to that in peacetime. He calls you to represent him in war, And I have news for you the family is at war. He has adopted you into his family, and our family is at war. Make no mistake, when you became a new creation, you were not simply adopted into a new family, you were enlisted as a soldier for war. And do you remember what I talked about in the second message? When we were a part of the dominion of darkness, we were on that side. How do you think Satan handles traitors? Do you think he shrugs his shoulders and say, oh, I lost you, you're gone? No, he is coming for you. Do you understand that? The enemy is coming for you. Now make no mistake, if you have been made new, he cannot snatch you back. But he will do whatever he can to ruin your witness, to ruin your integrity. He's coming for your marriages. He is coming for your children. Do you realize you're in a battle? Do you realize you're at war? Have you put on the armor that we're called to in Ephesians 6? And do you think God saved you from the dominion of darkness to sit you in a lazy boy chair for the next 40 years until you die? No, he took you from the dominion of darkness to enlist you as a soldier on his side, to fight. And that's what he's calling you to do. Get in the battle, because whether you like it or not, you're in one. It's real. You know how I know it's real? Spread the gospel to some time and share the truth. Share the gospel that Jesus is the only way. Tell people that Jesus is the only way, and you'll hear boy, that sounds so narrow, that sounds bigoted. Tell people that they can't earn their way to heaven. They can't get there by works. And then watch people as the whispers in their ears say, really, can't I just get there by being a good enough person? Even though he has made it extra clear, he is the only way. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. You are saved by grace through faith, not by works. He makes it extra clear. And guess what? No one writes stories like this. No man made God would humble himself and take on flesh and die. No one writes a story like that. Only the true God would write a story like that, and he's written it. But still, there are whispers from the enemy saying don't believe that. Just be a good person. There's multiple ways to God. The truth is in front of us. Accept it and proclaim it. You see, the battle's not just about us putting off the old self and new self. That's part of it. That's part of the battle. But the battle's for souls. There are people in our world and our communities who are lost that need to hear it. And the battle is for his glory, that his name would be praised and lifted up. Get in the battle. And do you realize he has a specific mission for you? Do you know that? To my right, How effective were you at ministering to the people of Bulgaria in the 1840s? To my left, how effective were you at ministering to the people of Thailand in the 1320s? Not very effective, right? In fact, you were completely ineffective. Why? Because that wasn't your mission. That wasn't your mission. Now, how effective are you at ministering to the people of Pingree Grove? in 2023 or Carpentersville in 2023 or Algonquin or Sleepy Hollow or Dundee? How effective are you at ministering to the people of Dundee Middle School or Jacobs High School or your firehouse or the police department or your places of work? How effective are you are ministering to the people in our communities in Cuba In 2027, 150 yards to my right, your mission is right now. New creations are zealous to complete their mission. They're zealous to complete it. Look around, look at each other. How many of you have 10 years left? How many of you have 20 years left? I've got news for you. In 40 years, most of us in this room are gone. And in a hundred years, we all are. In a hundred years, all of us in this room are gone. Your mission is now. You have been deployed for this time, in this place. This is your mission. Are you the soldier you want to be? A better question, are you the soldier he wants you to be? This is it. This is your time. How? If it's this important, how do we do it? How do you fight war? Well, you wage war together. We wage it together. This isn't some cheesy 80's Chuck Norris movie where all the bad guys attack one at a time. Do you remember those old movies and you kind of want to yell at the screen, hey, idiots, why don't you attack together, right? Right? Idiots fight war like that. Idiots fight war as individuals. Don't be an idiot. It's that blunt and clear. He has put us in the family together to wage war together. Proverbs 27:17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Hebrews 3:13, encourage one another daily. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, spur one another on toward love and good deeds. First Thessalonians 5, encourage one another, build each other up. James 5:16, confess your sins to one another, pray for one another. Together. Community. Family fighting together. Do you realize what I'm doing up here right now? I'm waging war for you. I'm waging war for you right now, right here. I am going to war for you right now. What do you think Pastor Tom does up here every Sunday? He goes to war for you. What do you think Brad's doing? What do you think Kate does? They go to war for you, for me. They're going to battle. Certainly, I am up here to give glory to God, right? and to use gifts that he's given me. But part of that is to remind you of who you are and what he has done. And to build your spiritual muscle so that you can go out there and fight and live and be light and be truth. And remember I said, don't wage war alone? Don't be naive. I am not up here alone. Do you know there are people praying for me and praying for you in China right now? In Russia? in Ecuador, there are people praying for me and for you in Pennsylvania and Virginia and Tennessee and California. And let's go a little closer to home. Do you know my brother, Ryan Lee, a young man in our church? He has prayed and fasted with me and supported me and encouraged me and we've done this together. Do you see these students sitting in the front row? Do you think they're up there just because I like to, they like to sign my voice? No. They are supporting me and encouraging me and I'm drawing strength from them now. And it gives me courage. We wage war together. Here's something else you need to know about war. Your fight matters. Your individual fight matters to the war. Do you understand that? Think about it. If we're in war together and you are continually allowing the enemy through the front lines, that affects me. Now, it affects me because I care for you, certainly, but it affects my war too. Do you understand that? If we're in war together, your battle means something to this body and this church and this area. If you want your life groups to thrive, you can't be dallying in sin, it will weaken your group. That's right. We need you to fight your battle and fight it well because we're all dependent on it. We're in this together. So when you're tempted later this afternoon to give in to the old self instead of the new self, remember, that fight's not just about you. That fight's about Fox Valley Church. That fight's about your community. We will never thrive unless we wage war together and fight together. We're dependent on one another. Your battle matters to me, and your battle matters to this family and this community. Embrace it. Now it's important that we're aware of the devil's schemes. Our enemy has schemes, too many to mention. Too many to mention here this morning, but I will give you one that he uses often here. Do you realize that Satan isn't looking for Satan worshipers? Satan doesn't want Satan worshipers. What Satan wants is to keep you away from Jesus. That's it. So go ahead with your other religion. He will support you in it because, in the end, he gets you. He wins. Go ahead and be as comfortable as you want to be on your boats or on your golf course or in front of your television sets until you get to the age 85 and you're in your last day and you realize you missed it and he has you because he kept you away from the truth. Now, make no mistake, Satan will use the same strategy on those of us who have been made new. Now, he can't snatch us back, I said that earlier, but he can try to distract you. Hey, here's your television sets. Waste your life on Fox News and CNN for the rest of your life. Waste your life on boats and comfort and golf courses or whatever else it is for you so that you're not in the mission, so you're not focused. Have you ever been in a lazy river at an amusement park? One of those water parks, I love lazy rivers. It's not that difficult to walk against the current in a lazy river, right? It's not that strong. All you have to do is make a concerted effort and you can walk against the current. But it's so much easier to sit in the tube and drift. It's so much easier. Don't do it. Don't fall to the temptation. Walk against the current, fight, get in the mission. There is an importance of little decisions. The little decisions you make every day matter. Here's a quote from C.S. Lewis. It says, good and evil both increase at compound interest. That is why the little decisions you and I make every day are of such infinite importance. The smallest good act today is the capture of a strategic point from which a few months later, you may be able to go on to victories you never dreamed of. An apparently trivial indulgence in lust or anger today is the loss of a ridge or railway line or bridgehead from which the enemy may launch an attack otherwise impossible. Little decisions. Do you think Pastor Tom got to spiritual maturity level he's at immediately? Do you think he was saved and all of a sudden he became this amazing man of God? No, a million little decisions A million little choices to put off the old and put on the new and to grow and become more Christ-like. That's what sanctification is. Little decisions matter and it matters to the family and it matters to the war. Your little decisions matter. There's an importance to it. So put in the work. Soldiers, put in the work. When you're training for battle, you train. (laughs) You want to become a better soldier, train fighters. If you're going to fight, you prepare for a fight. You get in the gym, you build your spiritual muscle, you renew your mind, you remind yourselves of who he is and what he's done for you, and you build spiritual muscle to go out there and accomplish and be the soldier he's called you to be. And then you take the fight to them. I hope I'm not painting the incorrect picture here for you. The war that we're fighting is not a defensive one. Do you understand that? It's like if we had a three-on-three basketball game, okay? And one group is a group of third-grade girls, and the other group is in their prime, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant. Do I really need to tell you the name of the third-grade girls that they're playing against? No, no. Telling you who is on this team is sufficient to know how that game will end. Do you know who's on your team? Do you get it? There's a reason Paul poses the rhetorical question in Romans 8. If God is for us, who can be against us? He doesn't need to answer the question, right? If God is on your side, do you know who could be on the opposing side? Everyone and everything, and it doesn't matter. He's already announced that God is on this side. The game is over. The war is won. Revelation 21 is true for you. Do you see how that frees you up for mission? You want to be Fox Valley on mission? Don't forget who's on your team. Now you're free to risk. You're free to live. You're free to take action because the God of all things is with you and you know how the story ends. Now I'm not worried about living for the things of this world and everything that will happen because I know who's with me. Do you realize what you're capable of? Fox Valley Church. You as individuals, but more so, you as community. Do you understand what we're capable of? In the first century, 12 men changed the world. They changed the world. Now, some of you are sitting there and saying, yeah, Adam, they changed the world. They had Jesus with them. Exactly. Exactly. What do you think we've been talking about for four weeks? You've been made new. The God of all things lives within you. Do you understand what we're capable of and where we can go? And please understand, I'm not up here yelling at you, right? I just want this so badly for us and for you so that we can go and live on mission because now we're freed. So now we can go live for the one who chose us before the beginning of time, right? The one who chose us for his story, for his glory. Now we can live for him. Now we can live for the one who rescued us from the dominion of darkness, And live for the one who took us from spiritual death to spiritual life. And we can live for the one who took God's wrath for us. And we can live for the one who sanctified us and makes us more and more like him, conformed to the likeness of his son. And we can live for the one who removed from us a heart of stone and gave us a heart of flesh. And we can live for the one who renews our mind and reminds us of who we are and what we are are capable of. And we can live for the one who has adopted us, that we're in his family, And who equips us as a soldier and who strengthens us. And we can live for the one who's made us new. He's made us new so that we would no longer live for ourselves. He died for all that those who live would no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. God, Make that true of us. God, make that true of us this morning. That we would be made new and we would understand the strength and the power that we have in you, Jesus. Your blood has covered us. We've been made new. There's no longer a heart of stone in there, there's a heart of flesh so that we can risk and move and go. Your spirit poured out in this place. This isn't the end of Fox Valley On Mission, this is the beginning. God, us going. You've deployed us for this time. And I ask, Lord, that you would strengthen us and your spirit would be poured out. And what better response, Lord, for us than to worship you right now?